You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome into the SB Nation NFL show where it is officially NFL draft season. I am your host, Michael Kist. And today we'll be kicking off a new series that starts our 2021 NFL draft coverage in earnest. And with that, we're going to be bringing in a wide range of voices to speak on a wide range of topics over the next couple of months. So it's not always going to be me or another host. You'll hear different people throughout, different guests. Great guest, really. And we're starting off with a great guest. He's my QB1 in my heart. He is Mark Schofield, who you have probably heard on this feed before. Perhaps you heard him on Pat's Pulpit or Bleeding Green Nation, where he's a contributor. Obviously, those are our Patriots and Eagles community podcast networks. He's all over the place. You also may have seen him writing for the Touchdown Wire. The guy is one of the hardest working dudes in the industry, and he's a great evaluator of quarterbacks, and he's a good friend. So join us for a fun chat between a couple of guys being dudes talking about the NFL draft and the top five quarterbacks in that draft. In fact, Let's not waste any time. Let's kick it to that right now. Mark, welcome back to the SB Nation NFL show. How are you doing, friend? I'm doing pretty good, buddy. Um, always nice to see your smiling face on a Friday morning. It's great to see you again. <laughs> yes, sir. So the reason I brought you back is you're pretty much what I consider our resident quarterback expert. You were the same when we did shows together at Bleeding Green Nation talking about Carson Wentz and and uh, the upcoming enemy opponents and performance reviews and all that stuff. But you also dabble in uh, the draft work, putting Carson Wentz aside and, and the whole drama there. So what we're going to be doing today is we kind of want to set the table with this with this first show of NFL draft prospect at the you know the quarterback position. We're going to go one through five and we're not going to tease it. We're not going to do like a countdown. We're just going to kind of work through the list and see where Mark's head is at with the top rate quarterbacks in this class, which as Benjamin Solak noted on the Mina Kimes show, congratulations uh, to Ben for being on there. He noted that this really could be a historic class and the fact that there could be five quarterbacks selected in the first round. There could be less than 10 quarterbacks selected total. In the draft, which would uh, be a first, but t- talking about the the top five here, we'll start with number one. Obviously, I, despite the reports that some teams have another quarterback as their QB one, I think most people, most teams, if they're being honest with themselves, have this guy at number one. Who is he, Mark? Yeah, I mean that's Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, and I think for most people, he's been there, and I think for most people, he's been there for a while. You know, you sometimes see quarterbacks rise and fall during the process, but Trevor Lawrence has basically been destined to be a QB1 ever since he started his first game for the Tigers. Um, and I think the reason for that, there, there are many reasons, but I, for me, what sort of sets him apart is scheme diversity. You know, when you look at quarterbacks, and especially in a group like this, where they're basically very clustered at the top, you know, as you pointed out with Ben's point there, you might see five guys at the top, 15 mm-hmm. and you might not see another quarterback until the third round. I mean, right. it's, it's a very sort of top heavy group. 
Um, what helps to set guys apart is their ability to be dropped into any offense, any environment, any set, and, and be successful. And I think that's the case with, with Trevor Lawrence. You can envision him in a West Coast offense, a quick passing game that's heavily reliant upon ball placement, um, processes, being things like that. You can drop him into a vertical-based offense. He's going to give you the deep ball. You can drop him into what Baltimore does and have him be sort of – Lamar Jackson-esque, and he could do that because one of the more fascinating things about Lawrence is his ability as a runner um, to set up blocks, to set up those around him. Um, whatever team drafts him is going to be able to use him as a weapon in the run game and play 11-on-11 11 11 in the run game. And so when you get down the rest of this list, there are guys that can give you pieces of that, but not the whole package. Mm. You know, is he perfect? No. You know, a lot of people have said – generational prospect or best since luck, best since Elway, best since Manning, you know, and a lot of that is still up in the air, but I do think he's the best of this group. I think he's probably the best quarterback prospect of the most recent cycles we've seen. And I think Jacksonville would be crazy to pass on him at one. Of course, you know, as we get closer to the process, as we get into anonymous scout season, Mm. you're hearing Wilson might be quarterback one. You're hearing, Matt Jones might be quarterback one. <laughs> you know, part of that might be true. Part of that might be smoke signals. Part of that might be smoke screens. Can, um, can I give you my theory on on one of the reasons please why do. Please you're do. hearing um, Zach Wilson as quarterback one for a couple of teams? I think one of those teams might be the New York Jets. And if I can't get my QB one, well, my QB two is suddenly my QB one. And that's right. what I want to go tell him. I want to say you were our guy anyway. I had you above Trevor Lawrence. Knowing, knowing. That like Jacksonville did a, basically a photo shoot with Trevor Lawrence when the, when they had their visit. So do you think there's anything to that? Do, do 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 teams like worry about that when they get their quarterback? Like, hey man, they're not going to tell him you were our third choice. You know, if you were there, we were just going to grab the guy right after you. We were really too worried about it. No, I think there's certainly something to that, and you know that's why I said you know smoke screens and things like that because. Yeah. You know, if you're the New York Jets, if you're the Atlanta Falcons, like, sure, Trevor Lawrence is probably graded as QB1 for you, but you know you're not going to get him, you know, especially if you're Atlanta. And so you start looking at what's reasonable and you have to sort of believe that, you know, if we're on the clock and Wilson versus Fields is the choice, which guy do we prefer? In that case, Wilson might be our QB1, um, you know, because the unattainable might not be available. And so, you know, I... I always take everything we start hearing now until the draft and even after the draft with a grain of salt um, because you've got agents trying to move needles and teams <laughs> trying to move needles and people on Twitter ways. trying to move needles. And at this point, we're, we're well into trust but verify season as we should always be, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, certainly right now. When you look at quarterback two, is there a reason, a legitimate reason, and we'll get into some of the strengths of, of uh, your quarterback two here, that maybe they would they would have him higher uh, than than Trevor Lawrence? And, and it, this isn't the one that was rumored because you right now you have Justin Fields from Ohio yeah. State as your number two. However, as we were talking about before the show, the stack from two to four uh, very, can be very fluid. Uh, can be very close. Teams are, are uh, it depends on their preference. It's kind of uh, pick your flavor, right? It certainly is. Um, our, our mutual friend Seth Kalita wrote a fantastic piece of PFF today talking about, you know, how stacked this group is at the top. And at, at this point, it really comes down to, you know, what quarterback do you vibe with? That's the way Seth put it in his, you know, traditional Canadian swagger. Um, 
I think it is a matter of just preference of the, uh, in this next group. I'd say at least of the next three fields, Wilson lands uh, because all three are very good, but none I think have done enough to truly set them apart. At least in my mind, uh, what's interesting is you're seeing the guy that I have right now at two fields. You know, you're also hearing people dropping him down to three or four or five in this class. Um, and whether that's, again, smoke signals or things like that, who knows? I think that reservations that people have with Fields are, in a sense, legitimate. You know, there have been some games where he looks lost, confused. Um, Northwestern this season, for example, the Big Ten Championship game. Last year's game against Clemson um, was a prime example of that. That Brad Venables 317 seemed to frustrate and confuse him at times. The way I sort of phrased it after watching that game was he got to the right answer. But playing quarterback isn't a take-home examination. It's a timed evaluation. And if you get to the right answer, but you get to it late, that's a failing grade. And mm. there were many instances of that where he either missed opportunities or almost threw interceptions because he got to the answer, but it was too late. And the route was either, was either foreclosed on or you had a safety driving downhill for a potential interception. But I think if you want to like Justin Fields, I think there are two things that you need to do. He needs to watch his game against Rutgers. Mm -hmm. And I think people will say, oh, just Rutgers. It doesn't matter. Rutgers was better, I think, than they got credit for this year, number one. But number two, you see him answer a lot of those questions. You know, there's two plays in that Rutgers game that stand out. One was and Nate Tice. I had done a video on this. Nate Tice tweeted about this play as well. He's reading sort of a smash concept to the left side of the field. That gets closed to him. So he comes all the way from left to middle to the right sideline late in the down to throw a whole shot against cover two 40 yards downfield, which is just an insane throw to make if you're looking at it as your primary read, but to get to it as perhaps your third or fourth read on the play is just insane. And then there's another play where he's got smashed, but then it's a dig in the middle of the field and he throws into an NFL window on the dig, his third route in the progression. You know, are these like small samples of him doing what you want him to do? Yeah. But there are some examples of him doing it where you might not get from some of the other guys. And so I like that about Fields. I'd also you know, implore you to watch that Clemson game from this year because he's seeing that same scheme. But you see him get into the right answer on time. You see him get into the answer quickly in the down. And so the strides he made from last year to this year I think are huge. And when you fold in the athleticism, the secondary movement skills, I really like Fields. You mentioned Nate Tyson. Tice being a friend of the show was on with us uh, last week and we, we had a great talk about uh, the, the Super Bowl and everything. But he, I, I saw him mention on Twitter, I'm wondering your thoughts on this because you're, you're talking about Fields being late. And he's, and I think Tice was saying on Twitter that some of that is a product of the fact that there are option routes built into the Ohio State offense and he might have been waiting for the wide receiver to declare what he was going to do. When you watch his film, did you did you notice any of that? Did you have to take a, a stock of, of some of that? How do you process that? Absolutely. I think Nate's exactly right. As you'd expect, Nate's a really brilliant football mind. But a lot of option routes that we're used to seeing in many playbooks, New England's, for example, they're within five yards of a lot of scrimmage. They're quick right. option routes. A lot of the progression in option routes in the Ohio State playbook, they're decisions that are made 15 yards, 10 yards downfield. You know, whether it's your run of the dig or a curl or a, a comeback or a go, post corner, things like that. And there are, look, you know Philadelphia's playbook, a lot of their plays, it's post corner from the number three receiver. It's post corner from the wide, things like that. Um, and so it looks like he's just staring down a receiver, but really he's waiting to see 
you know, is he going to run that post? Is he going to run that corner? And you might think, well, that should be evident. Well, yeah, but you have to confirm it. If you look at it and think, oh, he's going to run the th- he's going to run the post and throw the post, and he runs the corner, maybe he misreads it or doesn't read it the same way you do. Suddenly, you throw it a post route to a safety sitting in the middle of the field with nobody coming towards him, and then you get chuckleheads like me saying that you're an idiot and you don't know what you're doing. And so, <laughs> you know, I think there is that element to Fields' game where. You know, he's reading a triangle concept, but he's waiting for the route to be determined and which route he's going to throw. And that's why, look, I always tell people, you know, when you're on the defensive side of the ball, the reason you spin safeties and things like that, you might not confuse the QB. He might read it right. But if the receiver reads it wrong, now you've got the guys on different pages. And so I think there is an element to that to his game that I, I think people need to take into consideration when they do their own work on fields. Yeah, you mentioned that. You mentioned the Eagles. I know they have certain certain looks that are middle field open, middle field closed. You rotate those safeties post snap. You mess with the look. It could definitely get the quarterback and the receiver on different pages, and that can have uh, disastrous results. Let's get to your quarterback number three. Uh, some people have called him Mormon Manzel. I've seen him described on the timeline by our friend Derek Clausen as, uh, what was it, Kids Bop, Jim McMahon, right. which was hilarious. We're talking about uh, Zach Wilson of BYU, and this is the guy that some teams have rumored to have as their quarterback one, and he is certainly exciting, perhaps drawing some uh, comparisons to Patrick Mahomes, which I don't know if I would go that far with it, but would you, Mark? What do you think of that? You know, I think the comparisons to Mahomes are there for a reason. You know, when you watch him play, you see the arm talent, you see the willingness to make some throws that maybe some other quarterbacks might not make, or more particularly, more accurately, the ability to make some throws. You know, there was a quote, I believe Matt Miller had in his scouting notebook from an NFL insider or whatever, talking about how he's making some throws downfield with his shoulders parallel to the line of scrimmage, which is stuff you can only see from Mahomes. And so the arm talent and the play style, I think, make the comparison applicable. The difference between where Wilson is right now, where Mahomes was as a prospect, is there's a feel and a nuance to doing that. Like one of the comparisons I had from Mahomes was Zinedine Zidane when he came out, and the reason I made that comparison, if you remember that World Cup final where he had the penalty kick and he had that cheeky little lob shot, which you've got to have some guts to make that kind of kick in the World <laughs> Cup final. Mahomes had plays like that where it's like the coverage is doing something where he's like, I got a loft in and out route because of the coverage. Um, He has an understanding for that, for leverage, for coverage shells that I think Wilson is still sort of feeling out. And so I think there's a lot to like about Wilson. My reservations on him are twofold. One, it's similar to the reservations people have about fields where there are times when you can see him linger too long on a route concept to one side of the field or the other and not get to two, get to two, get to three, get to four on the play, not get to the second side of the field. There was a route against Western Kentucky, I believe. I was actually just re-watching that game yesterday where he's got sort of smash fade to the left side and it's covered. It's actually under fade to the left side and it's covered. And I don't know why he hangs on it as long as he does. And he misses an opportunity to throw a post route in the middle of the field. That's a middle of the field open situation. And he ends up taking a sack. And that's the other thing I'm somewhat reserved about with him is the pocket management. He's athletic as all get out. He can escape. He can extend and all that stuff, which is great, what you need. But the subtle pocket movement, the subtle pocket feel, that's still a, a thing that he needs to figure out. Again, we're talking about the difference between drafting, in my mind, a guy at second overall versus 
fourth overall. Like right. <laughs> these are we're still in this top four cluster. We're talking about guys that will go in the top say seven for a reason. And when you're talking about the difference between drafting guys second versus third or fourth, like you're going to get into the weeds a bit. You're going to get nitpicky a bit. Zach Wilson's a tremendous quarterback. Like if, if I'm a fan of a team that drafts Zach Wilson second overall, I'm fine with it. Believe me, you know. We're just getting really into the nitty gritty with these guys. Those are some of the reservations I have with Wilson. But I can understand. Look, if you're if you're telling me your team has some QB one on your board or QB two on your board, I get it. The kid's immensely talented. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When I looked at Patrick Mahomes coming out of college, and you know, you know, I loved him. Yeah. I also recognized that I could not see him as an unbiased, an unbiased person because he was so fun. He's yeah. just so fun, and I didn't care about the warts, man, and I didn't have to because I'm not the one drafting him. But I, f- I felt like football would be better if Patrick Mahomes was great, just because of the entertainment value of his play style. And I feel the same way about Zach Wilson. So I yeah. won't hear any more slander. About Zach Wilson, I think he's going to be uh, a stud. I don't know if he's uh, Mahomes level. I think that's a little bit crazy. I don't know if he has the instincts uh, like Mahomes has yeah. after the fact when he's creating. Would, would you agree with that part? Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that part. I mean, Mahomes, you, you saw it on Mahomes when he had that sort of feel for the game. Like I said, was cheeky. It's why I went to the Zidane comparison, that mm-hmm. feel for the game for spatial relationships and things like that. I don't think Wilson is there yet. I don't think he's the, to where Mahomes was when Mahomes is coming out. Do I think Wilson can get there? Like, yeah, I think he can get there. Do I think the NFL will be super fun if he's out there slinging it, you know, 50 times a game next year? Absolutely. Um, but I do think you're going to want to have that sort of structure in place. Like yeah. part of what made Mahomes who he is, is landing with Andy Reid and right. Eric B. Enemy. Like if he Alex lands Smith? with like, yeah. I mean, look, I don't think it's a coincidence that when they drafted Patrick Mahomes, suddenly Alex Smith is a better quarterback too because (laughs) you start to see that element. Like you're going to create an offense and cater an offense to what you eventually expect it to be with Mahomes. Alex Smith plays a little bit aggressive too. Um, But if, you know, if Patrick Mahomes lands in Chicago with John Fox, like he's still going to be a good quarterback, but he's not cover of Madden. Like, so like, I think Wilson is going to need that similar environment. Like, you know, if he goes to a more, if he goes to Arthur Smith and the Atlanta Falcons, will he be good? Yeah, I think he'll be good. But I don't think it's going to hit the potential because Smith's offense is more catered to, you know, play action and design throws and things like that. Like, I think he'll be good at it. I don't think he'll be great at it. Let's go to your number four quarterback. And look, I'm the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sitting there at six and I say, man, 
whenever you get the chance to take another North Dakota State quarterback in the right. first <laughs> you got to do it. No, but but got to do it. Putting that aside, Trey Lance, North Dakota State. Uh, wh- what do you think about his game overall? You know, I Lance is going to be a fascinating evaluation for people. Um, you know, because you have one game, one season, and one game, right. and that's what you have at the FCS level. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to remember, we're talking about decision makers that have mortgages and bills to pay. They are risk averse people for a reason. Mm-hmm. And especially like not just the Philadelphia Eagles, but any organization, if you're going to say draft a quarterback in the top 10, which is going to get you fired if it goes south? Drafting the Alabama kid that was a Heisman finalist right. or drafting the NDSU kid with a season and a game to him at the FCS level. On a, like, on a powerhouse program, by on the a way. Po- like, both, yeah. Look, you're talking about Alabama and the Alabama of the FCS. Like if you get into four and five with, you know, Lance versus Jones. Yeah. But I think that what makes Lance a viable quarterback prospect are a couple of things. One, the scheme fit. Like you, you talk about Wilson, you talk about Fields, guys in that sort of spread offense, um, wide open stuff. Lance is that traditional under center, 21 personnel, play action, throw the fo- football to the fullback in the flat kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And if that sounds to you like an offense you want to run, as I glance in the general direction of Kyle Shanahan, then you're <laughs> going to like this kid. And yeah. I will tell you, look, when you start watching Trey Lance, gentle listener, if you see him throw the football to the fullback immediately in the down, that's a positively graded play in his offense. They they mm. teach the quarterback, like if the fullback is there off your drop, throw it to him. Because our fullback is going to outrun their linebackers at this level. <laughs> right. Like it, it's it's an okay read. It's a good read and throw. Um Lance has the like play action back to the defense kind of moments that you want to see. He has easy arm town, easy mm-hmm. arm town. Everybody's with reason excited about w- Wilson's arm. Sometimes he's hitching to do it. Sometimes he's like loading up to do it. Lance is just easy slinging it. Um, and the, the kind of stuff you can't teach. He has the athleticism to match. Look, he ran for a thousand yards as a fresher. Like he's, he's a talented kid. Um, but the issue is going to be if he's not running that kind of offense, how ready will he be on day one? He might need a bit more time than some of these other guys. He could you could drop him into San Francisco right now. He could run that offense. He could probably be a better quarterback on Garoppolo right now. And I said that last summer. Yeah. About him. But at the same time, like I'm if I'm New England and he falls to me at 15, I don't think I'm running him out there anytime before, say, Thanksgiving. Like yeah. there's going to be a learning curve with him, but I still think he's a very talented prospect. You you mentioned the Shanahan offense and obviously the the McVay offense and I think a real piece of what they're missing I think McVay really wants this is a mobile quarterback because yeah. they move launch points and get them on the move so much if they can add that element I think that's really what's what's missing from those offenses just a personal opinion and, and theory to throw out there but I would agree with you I would love to see somebody like Trey Lance running around doing doing the basic stuff that a, that a simple play action offense based on outside zone wide zone is asking you to do. But also being really freaking exciting with your legs is is would make that offense so much more fun. Let's go to to number five, and I spoke I spoke with uh, Mike Renner of PFF about him not too long ago for our Digital Rose series here on the SB Nation NFL show, and I said, you know, he's might not be the first best quarterback, might not be the second, might not be the third, might not even be the fourth, but he's a quarterback, and people are saying he might go in the fourth in the, in the first round, could be the fifth selected uh, first round 
quarterback of this draft. What do you is is Mac Jones real? Is he is he an NFL quarterback at a at a high level at a plus starter level? What do you what do you think his ceiling is, or or is this is it more is it more about his floor? I think it's more about his floor. I I think when you start getting into that discussion about ceilings and floors, the four first four guys we talked to all have a great ceiling, a great to elite ceiling. Mm. But when you start talking about Wilson, you start talking about Lance, you start talking about Fields, it's the floor. It's like if things aren't great around him, if he's not in the best fit, if he's not in the best environment and it goes badly, what are you left with? And for some of those guys, if it goes badly, you're drafting another quarterback in, say, three years. Mm. Like I think that's the situation. With Jones, I think you can at least be comforted by the fact that if you draft him, in all likelihood, that floor is a guy you win games with. That floor is a Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins. And the ceiling might not be much more than that. But as we've seen, those guys you could win games with. Those guys might be able to get you into the postseason. And maybe, just maybe, you catch lightning in a bottle and that guy can deliver you a Super Bowl. Or maybe not deliver it, but be part of a team that gets you there. Hmm. And so I think that's the issue with Jones. And that's why I brought Jones up in the Lance discussion, that sort of risk-averse nature of decision-making in the National Football League. Because you see that, you see that safe, warm, fuzzy, cozy blanket of a quarterback. That's not going to get you fired. Like Hmm. that's going to allow you to keep doing what you're doing for a couple of years. Uh, Because if it doesn't pan out at his ceiling – you know, the floor is a guy that you can run play action, outside zone, boot action, all that. Shanahan, McVay, system that gets propped up. And you might make a run to the Super Bowl. I mean, he could be Jared Goff 2.0 in a sense in which the scheme props him up. And he's at least good enough to get you there. It might not be good enough to win it, but it might get you there. And that's how guys stay around in the league for a while. And so are there things to like about uh, Mac Jones? Yeah, accuracy pocket management skills, you know, short area accuracy, ball placement. Like he checks a lot of those boxes that still do matter at the position. I just, in terms of creativity outside of structure, yeah, I think that's an area where these other guys clearly have um, an advantage over Jones. But when you're talking about what quarterbacks have to do on say 40, 50, 60, 70% of the time, which is make a read and a throw from a pocket, Jones does that. And yeah. so if you value that as an organization, as a decision maker, you're going to like this kid. I and, and speaking of floors, his floor in the draft is probably, what, 20 Chicago? Mm. Like I, I think when you start seeing like New England at 15 and Washington at 19, like teams that are probably not in a position to go and get one of the top guys, but might like having a quarterback they can mold a bit. He's There's a reason why Solak and others are saying five in the first round. I think it's because of all the quarterback needy teams and the fact that you have some playoff teams from last year that would love to upgrade a, their quarterback situation or teams that just missed out on the playoffs that would love to draft a quarterback. They're going to like them. Let's do a little rapid fire mock. And I just want like the best fit, not necessarily what you think is going to happen, but, but, but the best fit for, for these teams that need quarterbacks. And if you don't think they're going to take a quarterback, just tell me no. Number one at Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, right? We could just yeah. get past that one. Yeah, okay, we could cool. skip past that. Number two, New York Jets. If you're the Jets, who would you pick? I mean, the Jets are so fascinated because they could run it back with Darnold. They could try to build around him. But I think all signs indicate they're going to try to draft a guy. I think Wilson makes a lot of sense. You're looking at, you know, with a LaFleur system, you know, that outside zone, wide zone, boot action, it really sort of fits Wilson. I think there's a lot of Kyler to his game. I think there's a lot of Mayfield to his game. You saw how Mayfield just – 
had a decent year in that kind of environment. And so, yeah, I think Wilson at two. Okay. So then we get to number three, which is Miami. I don't think they're going to go after a quarterback unless they get Deshaun Watson. Do you agree with that? We can skip that. Uh, yeah, we could skip that. <laughs> but if they get Deshaun Watson, that would be really special. That okay. would be fantastic. Number four, Atlanta. Do you think they take a quarterback? I think they do. I think you have an opportunity here when you're in the top five to get a quarterback and maybe not play him right away. You could still make a playoff push with Ryan, with Jones in a division that is going to have some question marks after Tampa Bay. Um, you know, the New Orleans situation is what it is. And so their struggle at Carolina looks to be a year away. So I think they take a quarterback. They take advantage of the opportunity to have this early pick. I like fields in that system. You know, I, I like fields in Arthur Smith's environment. I mean, I think Trey Lance would work as well. Um, but because of my sort of personal preference, you know, fields over Lance, I'd say, um, I'll go Trey Lance at four. I mean, excuse me, Justin Fields at four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So five is Cincinnati. They already have Joe Burrow. Six is Philadelphia. I don't think they're going to take the North Dakota State kid as much as just the content and the, and the timeline. The content would be be great. (laughs) I mean, man, do it for the content. Yeah. Seven Detroit, obviously just traded for, for Jared Goff. I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. I think. Lance might come off the board here because really similar to the Atlanta discussion, you have an opportunity. Yeah. You just acquired Jared Goff, but are you, are, are you Michael kissed? Are you gentle listener satisfied that Jared yep. Goff is the long-term answer? And again, you have an opportunity, you know, you don't want to be picking seven again. If you don't have a plan B behind Jared Goff, you might be. Why not make sure of it? You've got a guy in Lance, I think, who could learn a little bit. You could sort of season him. You could Jared Goff could be at that bridge to Lance. And so I think even though they have Goff, I don't think you can go all in on Goff. I don't think they are. And I think Lance comes off the board here at seven. Wow. And if not, probably or very possibly at eight with the Carolina. Yeah, Panthers. I mean, you're you're getting into this seven through fifteen run where you've got Detroit, Carolina, maybe Denver. Hmm. Are we are they sold on lock? Elway might be, their new GM might not. Um, San Francisco at 12. Yeah. I don't know about Minnesota 14. I think the economics make it. They have to sort of roll with Cousins. New England at 15. I mean, I, I, and then Washington at 19, like Chicago at 20. Like this is that next run um, where I think, look, if you're Lance, you don't hear your name called at seven, then probably eight, maybe nine, probably 12. Like you, you're not going to wait too long. This isn't a Aaron Rodgers type of fall. Yeah, and teams can move up and get aggressive yeah. from it. Yeah. And, and for for that, let's let's kind of take it from that. If if you're rooting for Mac Jones, and situation is so important, we talked about that. What do you think is the best situation that helps Mac Jones become successful in the NFL, at least in the short term? Pittsburgh's interest in a 24. We don't like know what that. they're going to do with Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. They've got weapons. Obviously, Smith Schuster's a question, but Chase Claypool is nice. Washington emerged this year as a nice downfield threat. So they do have some weapons. You know, the, the financial considerations are what they are, but I think Pittsburgh would be an intriguing situation. New Orleans has obviously financial hell to pay right now with their cap situation. Um, so who knows what's going to be around him. Who knows who's going to be their starting quarterback? Is it Winston? Is it Taysom Hill? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's an interesting team to watch because I think Sean Payton and Mac Jones would be a nice little pair, and the Drew Brees decision is out there. Um, you know, Tampa Bay at 32 is fascinating because, look, Tom Brady looks like he could play until he's 55 at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at some point, you might want to start drafting and developing a guy. You've just won a Super Bowl. You do have some cap space, a little decisions about Sue and Shaq Barrett and Levante David are going to eat into that. 
as well as, you know, do you bring Gronkowski back and some of the other decisions they make, Antonio Brown. Um, so they might not have a ton of money to really sort of load up, but they just want a Super Bowl for a reason. And so you have an opportunity if QB5 in the draft are people expect to go in the top half of the first round, falls to a 32. You don't have a ton of needs. Maybe it's an opportunity to draft and develop a guy. And so that could be interesting as well. Love it. Mark, brother, thank you for uh, joining us here on the SB Nation NFL show. Would you uh, let the gentle listeners know where they can find you and all your excellent work? Plug away, man. Well, buddy, it's always great to catch up with you, of course. Um, you can find me on the Bird app at Mark Schofield, uh, USA Today Touchdown Wire, uh, Pat's Pulpit, SB Nation's Big Blue View, even Bleeding Green Nation from time to time. Who knows yeah, yeah, yeah. what the future of that holds. So, but yeah, the easiest way is on the Bird app at Mark Schofield. Huge thanks again to Mark for joining us. That'll do it for the first episode of purely NFL draft coverage here on the SB Nation NFL show. Make sure that you smash the subscribe button, rate us, review us in Apple Podcasts. It really helps the feed. And as always, go dominate and have yourselves a day. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.